Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Um, welcome to Confessions of a Mom Millennial. I wanted to say a profound thank you to everybody who has listened for the past few podcasts. It seems to have kind of exploded over the last couple of weeks, and it means the world to me that people are listening to all of these things that I have to say. I realize now that I never really did explain who this podcast is for, so I want to take a few minutes before we dig into this week's topic to talk about who I am and who I am crafting this podcast for. So this podcast is for all of you 80s babies. I am an 80s baby too. I was born and raised in the backwoods of Western PA. I had mud on my boots, wind in my messy hair every single day of my life. Um, We're by definition millennials. I was born in 1986. But I don't know about you. Um, A lot of times I feel like I don't fit in with the later of our generation because we're kind of on that little cusp. I refuse to, I absolutely refuse to acknowledge some of the quote traits of the later inductees of our generation. Um, So I'm going to stick with those of you who have a fond memory of AIM away messages, maybe even ICQ, making mixtapes, which turned into CDs for your high school boyfriend or girlfriend playing snake on your Nokia that would never break, dancing to the Macarena at middle school dances, loving Cory and Topanga on TGIF, and while I love the chilling adventures of Sabrina, the Sabrina that comes to mind is also on TGIF and comical and funny and sweet. And I still have a solid foundation of fondness for the original Jurassic Park and Jumanji. As a millennial whose parents decided to raise their kids on the back half of 25 acres, I always was outside. My kids don't watch TV now as a result, which makes me sound like a super judgy mom. It's just not what I do. Um, That meant, too, that we are always reading. I was always reading. And eventually, my love for stories turned me into a writer. For years as a kid, I drafted these little tiny homemade books. Um, I was a middle schooler who had a Lisa Frank binder full of stories. I became a teenager, a young adult, with an entire bundle of notebooks that were full of poetry. They were my way to tell the story of a girl who didn't need anybody else, but chose to be a part of love and acceptance. As an adult, I launched myself into this idea of being responsible. I became an English teacher, which ultimately led me to teaching stories to kids. I didn't forget about how important storytelling was. I just got lost from my own aspect of storytelling. Um, I launched a blog in 2014 when I was pregnant with my first son, but now it's kind of transitioned into this podcast. Not only is this podcast a place where I want to tell my story, but I want to create a a place where parents as part of this millennial generation can be heard and seen for all of the hundred roles that I feel like we fill, the different hats that we wear every day. So even though I feel like we as the millennial generation are so lost in a lot of ways between being a mom, a parent, a wife, a coworker, a daughter, we don't necessarily always give time and space to the other things that we once were, still are, or want to be. So this podcast was built with that person in mind, that mom in mind who wants to tell story, tell her own story, to hear the stories of others, to dig into different pieces and parts of myself, and then in, in turn encourage you to dig into parts of yourself. So I want this podcast to be a place where those stories and experiences will be shared, 
This is a podcast where we can work together to rediscover what it means to be each of those different pieces of our of ourself. And I'm so excited to have you here. Okay, guys. So as promised, I want to talk about baby witches today. It's no secret, obviously, (laughs) that I'm a witch. And while I'm still kind of figuring out, okay, a lot figuring out what that means, what I do know is that I want my kids to be involved somehow, um, which I struggle with a little bit because I want it to be authentic but organic. I don't want it to be forced on them or something that they dread doing or being a part of. I also don't expect them to adhere to my personal dogma. And that's a really big thing for me. I want them to figure out for themselves what they believe in this greater span of life. Um, And I think in order to explain my spiritual journey of both me and my family, you have to understand a few things. Um, I grew up going to Awanas and I know that for a while as I was little. My mom and I and my brothers and sisters, we attended a Presbyterian church um, until we were about 10 years old. My parents were huge believers in being kind to one another, but not so much about sitting in a church pew. I know that we stopped attending our Awanas group for um, a very disappointing reason. Um, And I'm not going to go into that because that's not what this is about. But I do know that um, there was an incident where my mother just decided that it wasn't the right place for us or for her family. Um, And in transition, kind of, and having married my husband, my husband is a serious mismatch. His mother was raised Catholic, but somewhere along the lines, her older brother became a Mormon sometime in his teens, which drew her to that particular church as well. In fact, that's where she met my husband's father. And I'm pretty sure that she recently has either started reattend, has began to attend or started reattending, I guess you would say, um, a Mormon church as well. My husband, as far as any conversation we've ever had, doesn't necessarily adhere to any expectations of either of those churches, but he kind of feels like I do. He wants our boys to be curious on their own and diverse in their beliefs. So that kind of brought me to a weird conundrum and that question amongst myself of what does my witchiness look like when I'm talking or including in my, bo- my boys in that situation? So I think it looks like a lot of things. It looked like Acknowledging our earth is the only one we have and we have to love it and respect it. It looks like watching the stars at night, making sure that maybe we're, we're seeing the meteor showers, talking about the moon phases, talking about the vastness and beauty of our place in the universe and in space. It sounds like talking about energy, both inside and outside of us. It sounds like talking about the influence we have on others with our own energy and how others' energy Im- impacts us and the importance of protecting our energy from other people. It sounds like acknowledging that we have power within ourselves and it definitely feels like acceptance and wholeness with everything around us. A lot of times I get asked if I include my boys in any of my rituals or any of my workings. So I'd like to talk about that after this brief break. Okay, so until Samhain, which is Halloween of 2019, I really didn't like acknowledge or decide to embrace being a witch. It was just something that was in the periphery that I had thought about and acknowledged earlier in my life, but then, you know, something clicked and it just I just had to 
acknowledge it and, and dig into it. So when I did, I knew that I wanted to try and envelop my family and encourage and ask them to be a part of that too. So while Halloween wasn't really anything more than a personal celebration of that decision for me, I knew that coming up, I wanted to test the waters to see if my husband was interested um, as well as my kids. So I knew I wanted to do something for Yule, which is around Christmas time, and I'll get into that in a second, um, with them to celebrate that changing of the seasons. So for those of you who don't know, Yule is a celebration of the winter solstice, and the winter solstice is the longest night of the year. And after that that very long night, daylight gets longer and longer, even though we don't really notice it until about now. Um, Yule is when many witches decide to kind of acknowledge that return of the light. So there are witches who don't acknowledge these these times of year, and then there are witches who celebrate what, what is called the religion of Wicca. I'm kind of wavering back and forth in regards to kind of how I'm going to approach being a witch, um, but I really like the idea of acknowledging the change of seasons and appreciating kind of how the earth is ebbing and flowing. So anyway, this year for the winter solstice, I decided that I wanted to include my family in my first official ritual to acknowledge that. Um, so what we did was I gathered them and we talked about it. We talked about how the earth goes through this necessary cycle of sleep and rebirth. Winter is when everything kind of goes away and gets dark and gets cold. And then spring comes again and things start to come out and grow and they're birthed again, summer and fall. We talked about how in this moment of winter, darkness is necessary. Darkness is necessary for rebirth and growth. And then there's this return of light. I wanted this moment of ritual to be meaningful to my kids, but I also wanted to avoid any of that like woo-woo witchy stuff. Um so that it wouldn't discourage my husband from participating. So what we did was super simple. And I think that even if you are not into witchcraft, if you are someone who wants to acknowledge the changing of the seasons, and this is something that's super easy, it also gives you an opportunity to talk to some difficult topics with young kids that in a way that is meaningful to them. So what we did was we gathered around our dining room table after the sun was down. It was probably about eight o'clock and we just talked. I asked my oldest son kind of to reflect on why the season changed, which he was able to tell me. We talked about how winter can be sometimes dreary and dark, but that after that dreariness and darkness, lighter and longer days were coming forward. So we talked about that for a little bit and he was really insightful because he's really, he really is into nature. So it meant something to him to have that conversation. So as we were gathering around there, I had a, a taper candle. We lit that candle. We then went around the house and turned off all the lights. I explained that this was to represent the darkness outside. We returned to the table holding hands, talked again about how night might be scary, but we needed to kind of sit and acknowledge it. So my kids blew out the candle, which they love to do. <laughs> um, so we sat in darkness for a moment. I talked about how I might be a little bit afraid of the dark. He might be a little bit afraid of the dark, but it's not something to be afraid of because just like in winter, darkness means that things are asleep. We dream at night and we we rest during the night. We close our eyes and are enveloped in that darkness to begin recharging and resetting our body. Just like the earth is now charging and resetting for springtime. So 
he really was latched onto that and he really liked that idea of the earth sleeping and kind of acknowledge, kind of understanding how those cycles work. We, so we relit the taper candle. Um, I handed out small candles to each of my boys and my husband. I asked them then to think of one thing in themselves or within their community, within our family that they were thankful of, thankful for. One thing they wished for themselves too. And as they told me, I was then, I then lit their candle from that bigger candle. Lachlan was really insightful. It was really neat. He was able to kind of say thank you for the earth and his friends and family. Declan, of course, is too. (laughs) So he said the exact same thing that his brother did. And my husband and I both took a minute to say thank you and appreciative of our, we were appreciative of our family. Then we sent the kids to turn all the lights on to symbolize that returning of the light. In the, in the sun in particular. When they came back, we blew out our candles. I thanked them all for participating with me because it was a huge step to understand that not only could I make this accessible to my kids, but it really did mean something to them. And they were able to connect with this idea of the earth being important and seasons for being important. And it was really important to understand that my husband wasn't going to laugh at me. Um, It was the first time that they were intentive and reflective about their life and about just life in general, and I absolutely adored it. So even though I loved it, I have no idea where their particular spiritual journey will take them, but I do know a few things. I know that my oldest son loves crystals and rocks like I did and is fascinated by space and time. My youngest son gravitates to animals and is fiercely charismatic. If they want to be witchy like their mama or freewheeling like their daddy, it's their choice to make, but I'm so excited to see that they're interested in it and want to share this part of myself with them. So I guess as a mama witch, I want my kids to learn three things. And these are the three things that I think that no matter what I called myself, I would want them to learn. Number one, what they put out makes a mark. This means energy, words, intention. Number two, the seasons and cycles of our life and our planet are important and should be acknowledged and celebrated. Number three, they carry immense magic inside of themselves. And it's theirs to harness. It's theirs to use. It's theirs to wield. And that's an incredible thing to learn and understand about one about themselves. I kind of assume that anybody who teaches their child a belief system thinks something similar. I that's just all I can that's all I can think. I want my kids to be good people. I want my kids to believe in themselves and I want them to believe in others. I want them to believe in the connectedness of us as human beings, as human people, as the human race. If my boys want to know more about being a witch. I'm incredibly excited to teach them. If they want to know more about other religions, we will learn together. It's definitely something that I, as a parent, am incredibly excited to do. I'm glad that we, I guess as millennial parents, have exposure and access to all of the things that we do have access to from the internet, which, take it or leave it, it does contain a lot of information, or just simply travel I'm excited about asking my kids what cultures they want to experience, what different peoples they want to experience, just going out there and showing them that there is a diversity to this world that they have access to and encouraging them to to discover that for themselves as well.
So if you've enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and comment, rate, subscribe so you never miss what's coming next. And just a little FYI, next week I'm going to start the new podcast uh, episodes dropping on Tuesday. So tune in next Tuesday, March 3rd to hear about how to survive temper tantrums. I talk about our struggle with the temper and anxiety that my boys have as well as offer some strategies to best handle meltdowns and emotional outbursts. While I'm not an expert in uh, childhood anger or anything like that, I am a 10-year educator. So I do think that some of the strategies I've used with my voice um, might be helpful. And I think sometimes too, um, one of the greatest things about a platform like this and a podcast is to hear those stories and understand that you're not alone. So I'd love to include some of your strategies too. So head over to my Instagram and send me a direct message. My Instagram is confessions of a mom millennial, which is all one word, or you can go ahead and send me an email now at the at gmail.com. Thanks guys. Have a great weekend.